Welcome to the Negotia Group podcast. We are business brokers and registered business valuers. We help people sell and buy businesses throughout Queensland. We also value businesses for people. My name is Graham Long. I'm a director of Negotia Group. This new podcast is about selling and buying businesses and valuing businesses. Good morning, listeners. Uh, Graham Long from Negotia Group again, back with you after a short break and a bit of an annual holiday. But uh, while I was away, I was sort of reflecting on where we are in Australia with COVID and what's going on in in the in the small business world and employment, etc. So, so in my world as a um, business analyst and valuer and broker, uh, we're seeing uh, increased likelihood that the number of small businesses that are going to survive COVID nineteen as we get into twenty twenty one and twenty two is, is simply not going to be there. Um, we're aware already of, of people who are struggling um, with, with fixed costs and no work, in, particularly in areas where they rely on uh, traffic for, or pedestrian traffic or people traffic. Um, other businesses are doing well in terms of manufacturing demand and bits and pieces. But, but there's one thing that I reflect on and I'm very sure of, and that is there will be less work opportunities as we go forward into 2021. Um, And it's not a case of where people will work or people won't work. It's a case there will be less work to do. Those businesses that close, of course, then we lose the opportunity for work. uh, And those businesses who survive um, will be watching their costs very closely, particularly in relation to things like rent and wages, because they are high fixed costs and high fixed costs in relation to your sales proportionally uh, is a way where businesses simply won't survive. So, so there's going to be less work and there's going to be less businesses who can employ people and those people who are employed will not be employed on a full-time basis. They'll be employed partially, part-time uh, and as we go on. So as I reflect on the recession we had to have um, in the period sort of 1993 to 1996, um, where my wife and I nearly lost a shirt off our backs in business, we we learnt from it. Um, But we certainly at that period of time saw high interest rates, Um, businesses uh, had less work and they were far more attentive to their financial structure and, uh, and they were also paying high interest rates. So there was less money available to employ people for per sale, if, if I can put it that way. But at that stage of the game, we saw um, what we call the, the BYOJ market, the buy yourself a job market, um, really uh, take off because at the in, the in the finality of it all, people need to, to generate an income. They need, you know, they've got to feed themselves, put a roof over their heads, just basic survival things. So they've got to feed themselves, kids to educate, roof over their head, um, mobility and cars to look after. So so people simply need an income. And whilst there's a government safety net, that's not going to be sufficient enough to get most people by. And as we go on and government debt goes up, it's likely to get even harder for the government to even provide it. So we're in a situation where people will need to buy themselves a job or go into business simply to provide income. In the period 93 to 96, people were buying small businesses, lawnmower runs, mobile businesses, uh, small retail shops and those sort of things. 
and, and it didn't matter um, if they were working for five or ten or twelve dollars an hour. That wasn't the point. The point was they had income coming in that allowed them to um, get by on a day-to-day basis. And uh, at that stage of the game, of course, you looked across with the um, minimum wage in Australia, um, $16, $17 an hour, and then, you know, people wanting $25, $35, $40 an hour to work. Well, the bottom line is that work's not going to be there. And if you own your own operation, then on a competitive basis, you can work for less, but still you get some income. So that was the reality we saw, which is now, what, nearly... 30 years ago, quite some time ago, but that's what happened. People bought themselves a security. They bought themselves an income. They bought themselves an ability to survive, I guess, in many in many cases. So the point was, it was you either adapt or you die. Um, and in, in the case of those who didn't adapt in the mid-90s, they didn't make it out the other end. Um, and again, every time we go through one of these recessions, things change and you need to adapt to the changes going on before. Uh, comes out the other side. So I know COVID's different, um, but the similarities uh, that I see, there are going to be less small businesses around. There are going to be less work within those businesses who survive, um, and very likely the skill sets that are needed are going to change. So again, uh, it's adapt and react to change to be able to get yourself ahead. So, so if you look at, if you learn, if you look at history, you 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 take note of it. And yes, history. People say history repeats itself. Um, not exactly, but the massive events happen um, and they tend to scatter, I call it scatter the nine pins. Um, you know, it's a wobbly ball coming out of left field, it scatters the nine pins and then they've all got to be put up, put back together again. And again, how, how they go back together and how the game is played after that is usually somewhat different. So the reasons people look to buy a business at a personal level is basically to secure their future. If you have a job, you don't have a secure future because you're relying on one um, job or jobs to to have a to secure income. So you don't own that job. Someone else owns that job, and someone else is competing for that job as you go forward. So you've got a double whammy. Someone else wants it, prepared to work longer and different to you, and therefore there's competition for the work. So the odds are you're not going to get the amount of work you had before. So it's called security of income. If you own your job, you have security. It's yours. You can get out there and do your own thing. You can decide on what what level of activity you want to do. You can decide on the hours you want to work. And if you want to work, you know, 60, 70, 80 hours a week to get by, you can. If you're out there selling skills to an employer, he may be only offering you 10 or 15 hours a week. Is that going to be sufficient? The, the purpose of buying a business is security. Uh, most people say, well, that's mad, Graham. Why would you buy a business? That can't be secure. Well, hang on. If you've got a business and you've got 10 customers, right, then one of the 10 of them gives you the sack, in inverted commas, then you've got nine nine people to continue to work for. If you're working for two employers and one of them gives you a sack, you lost 50% of your income. It's a generalisation. So there is security in owning your own business. The other thing about owning your own business is autonomy. We're just talking about that. It's their business and, and their, own, their own issues of trying to cope in a very difficult environment, in a, in a difficult economic environment, um, so, so they've obviously got to make decisions in the best interest of their customers and their business, and obviously their employees. But sometimes that means that uh, the work that is not there. So, so autonomy gives you independence. You decide on who you're going to work for, what you're going to do, and the amount of money you're going to be out there with doing fees. So, it gives you control over your destiny. 
you get you get your own independence. So security, independence, control over your own destiny, destiny uh, are probably the fundamental reasons why people buy businesses. Having talked about that, we, we probably need to look at the characteristics that you need to be considering when you're when you're looking at a small business uh, or going into business. Now, my my personal view is that we Australians are very very poor in teaching our generations about business. Now, if I deal from people who come from overseas, they know financial management, they know financial accounts, they know economies, they know how to read read the financial reports. In Australia, we don't. For some reason, we we've not engendered our younger generation with the language of business, to understand business, to understand economies, to understand financial records, to read about accounting. So we often find people who lack the basic skills and knowledge of business who will need to go into business. But anyway, I'll get to that later on. Things to think about. So we've talked about we've talked about security, we're talking about your own destiny and the control of it. But there are things to think about which you need to weigh up and recognise. First of all is risk tolerance. We all have a different tolerance to risk. Business is about taking a risk. Taking a risk means making decisions and 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 the future is not as certain as it is turning up today and thinking, okay, this is what I know is going to happen in the next sort of half day or a day or a week. Risk is about not being certain about the future, and and some people, you know, scurry off to the security of the government. Um, some, but the rest of us are left with, okay, we need to take risks about where we're going forward. So, risk is a personal thing. We all have different tolerances to risk, but we need to recognise that business is about taking a risk, and how we deal with that risk, we'll I'll talk about as we go through here. But the things to summary is that. Um, it's about risk and where you are taking on a business or something that does not have risk or the risk is very low, well, guess what? Everyone's into that. So the margins on it are very tight. So the less risk there is, the more competition there is for doesn't matter what it is. It can be a car, it can be a business or whatever it is. So so the less risk there's associated with a business, then the more people who will compete for it, which means that maybe it's not not the right one anyway because you're not generating enough margin in terms of income. So risk. Now, the second one is decision-making. Business is about making decisions. I have often a bit of a longism to say, look, there's no such thing as a bad decision. The real bad thing is no decision. You cannot move forward without decision. And the, and the, uh, the decisions you make, um, rest on the amount of thought you put into the consequences of the decision before you make it. Those decisions which are made without too much thought invariably turn into be bad decisions or not perhaps the best decisions you've made. And again, that's also got the variable of how important the decision that is. Jumping in the car down the, to go down the street to buy something is one decision. A decision to buy a business is somewhat uh, a little more um, complicated and something to be considered on. So it's about decision making. So you've got risks and you've got decision making. And if you can't make decisions or you like to procrastinate forever and ever and ever, then maybe you've got to do something about your decision making ability. Because if you don't have a decision making ability, you'll never go into business. Or if you go into business, you won't survive. 
you need to make decisions to get on. And decisions in business are made every single minute of every single day. So you need to make decisions. If there's no decision, there's stagnation. And and we see where decisions are uh, not made or chopped and changed and chopped and changed and chopped and changed. People just end up bewildered and the whole thing just stagnates and collapses into a heap. So risk tolerance and decision-making. The other thing to think about is financial capacity. The reality is that financial institutions, uh, and I know they say we're doing all these wonderful things to support businesses, but let me tell you from my experiences is, is financial institutions are not interested in supporting people to buy small to medium enterprises. You know, the basic rules are they'll want at least 50% um, put in in terms of cash, they'll want uh, unencumbered property secure the rest, and they'll generally want people to have some sort of background in the industry or, 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 or business to qualify for it. So they are very risk adverse to making decisions. So your financial capacity to buy is something that you need to do some homework on um, and understand exactly what you can afford, exactly what you can borrow, and exactly what is out there in the marketplace um, for you with those limited capacities. Financial capacity is, is something that you need to be aware of in terms of what have you got, what can you borrow, what can you service? What do you need to get those um, that, that financial cash flow through, through the business operation from there? And finally, I want to talk to you about time capacity. Um, I probably mentioned to you before in podcasts of my old sort of 168 problem, 168 hours in a week. It's a real, real fixed limitation. So it's the amount of time you've got to dedicate to a business. Part-time businesses are fine, but they all take time. And one of the things to realise is, is okay, um, the amount of income and security that I'm going to get from a business is going to be related to how much time I have in my 168 to be able to dedicate to it. Remember we were talking before that that um, there's not going to be the work out there. So, so you will have time. Uh, and maybe the best, best use of your time is not ringing the boss every day and seeing how much work he's got for you this week. Maybe the best your work of, use of your time is actually having your own business and getting about spending that time generating an income. But time is a fixed issue, and, and your time available uh, will impact on what sort of business, if any, that you can go into. So there, um, what I would call the background sort of reasons is we are living in a times of change. You need to adapt and, and go from there. And there's one point I've, I've missed, which is pretty important as I look at my notes here, and that is, that is skill, and it relates to what you can do to sell to somebody else that they will pay you for. Let me say that again. It relates to what you can do to someone else that they can pay you for, okay? It's not what you think that you have got that someone should buy from you. Businesses don't buy what you think they need you. They need you. Businesses buy what they need. So, so if you're in business, Right, you've got to have a skill that you can sell to a customer base, and that sale will relate to what they need. When you go into business, we'll always be talked about customer need. What do the customers need? You've got to build your product line and your services line to service what they need. So, telling them that this is what they need because you've got it 
doesn't mean to say they need it. It means to say that they may, may need something else. So I talk about skill in terms of what can you sell to a customer. Okay, now, that brings me back to looking at a skill. Um, skills now are changing, but basically, so it's a skill you can sell. Now, that brings me to the other part of it in terms of going into business, that you, that's the skills you're going to need. First one is looking for work. Okay, when you're in business, you are constantly looking for new customers. You are constantly looking for, for um, new products. So you are looking for work. If you've got an attitude that now I'm just going to sit at home and work's going to come through the door, it will not come through the door. Okay, when you're in business, you're constantly looking for work. You're looking at your Ford order book. Have I got enough work for the next week or fortnight or month? And if you're not filling your Ford orders up, you're going to be going backwards. Skill and then being able to find the people who want that skill and being able to can do it continually. If there's one thing I see in small businesses today is when is there is their weakness at marketing or advertising. And you can see it in their financials. They spend very little on advertising, which is an indicator. But when you get down to the nuts and bolts of it, is they've done very little to educate themselves is, okay, what platforms are around? Where are my customers? Where do I find my customers? And they're not working on their business, they're working in their business. And because things are changing, they're missing out on that. So, so we look at looking for work. And of course, when you found work, you've got to be able to sell your skill. So salesmanship. I'm not talking about, you know, advertising and marketing. I'm talking about the ability to sell to a customer what you've got. So selling skills, salesmanship, and I know we, we in the modern world, people turn around and like watch little videos and all that sort of thing on skill. But skill is about, skill of selling is about talking, finding a customer or a prospective customer, engaging them in a meaningful relationship to find out what they need and then being able to deliver what they need. Not going out there and selling out there and saying, I'm selling widgets. Look, here's lots of good widgets. They do all these wonderful things to someone who doesn't have any need for widgets. So we're talking about skill, looking for work, and then being able to sell the skill. They are essentials. Sadly, in Australia, they're not something that we uh, spend a lot of time time on in our um, educational and training years, but they are essential in terms of getting our life. The other thing that you need to be able to do is read, I call it the language of business, we have a negotiator, it's one of my partners saying the language of business. We're talking about financial statements. We as Australians are notoriously poor at being able to read financial statements. Now, financial statements are basically three. One is a trading account, one is a profit and loss account, the other one's a balance sheet. I mean, the trading account is, is okay, what do, I, what do I sell and what have I got left after I provided um, the service or the, or the product to the customer and then I've got my overheads after that. So but what I want to talk about is, is if you can't and you haven't got a background in understanding the language of business, that is trading accounts, profit and loss and balance sheets, you need to get it. You need to get it and you need to understand what it tells you. I was at a business uh, earlier this week. Um, business has been around for nearly 30 years. Um, and the folks who are running it, it's a family-owned business, and, and they've been running it for, for all of that time. Um, and it evolved from one generation, and the reason I was there was passing to the next generation. 
Um, and these were pretty simple folks, um, and they'd run the business for a long period of time, but they worked out a couple of years ago that things were not right. The cash flow in the business wasn't right. So they were smart enough to get an accountant and say, we need to have a look at our business. And they, they realised then that they, they were providing services to a couple of major customers at a loss. They were providing services to a couple of major customers at a loss. They were actually running a charity. Now, good on them. They actually realised there was a problem and got some help to, to actually look at the problem. But the problem had been going for three years, probably longer, but it was certainly there in the, in the financial information for three years. Had they had some basic knowledge themselves, they would have picked that up in about 12 months. They would have realised, hang on, there's something going on here. Um, not waiting for three years and then, you know, seeing a sizable decrease in the profit level and the value of the business. And my point is, if you're in business, you do have to understand what the financial information is, what it tells you. Now, too many people go, oh, it's got to have this many sales and this much margin and this much profit. No, they are, in my view, indicators I'm, there's an issue. Okay, is my gross profit margin down? Are, are my sales going down? Yes, but my gross profit margin is up, so I'm making more from less. Or are my sales going up and my gross profit margin is going down, which means I'm selling more but making less out of it. So it's the relationship between what you're selling and, and your profit level and everything in between that, um, that you need to look at. And, and I cannot stress it enough that over and over and over again in the last 30 years as a business broker, valuer, the number of small business owners I, I um, speak to who do not understand their financials, uh, financial information, is, is horrifying, horrifying. So if we go back there and look at skills, you know, you've got to be able to sell a skill that a customer wants. You've got to be able to find that customer and you've got to be able to sell that customer. But at the end of the day, as you know from previous podcasts, I talk about position, assets, activities and management, coordination, control in businesses. And the financial reports simply are a report on how those things are being successfully or unsuccessfully done. So in the financial reports is where you get indicators where the, those activities may not be working as they should or need analysis. But unless you, unless you understand that within financials, there are ratios and there are activities that you can look at and go, whoa, there could be a problem there. I need to look at that um, or I need to understand that better. Then it's an essential skill in business. And sadly, in Australia, in my view, um, we are very poor at um, teaching our generations and our people the language of business. We just, for some reason, think it's all in apps these days or we've got these wonderful software programs that do it all for us. We shove it in and it off goes, goes to the accountant and we never look at it. Well, no, you must look at it because it's your information. It's telling you how your business is performing. Now, it's not going to tell you everything about your business performing, but it is going to give you the smoke detectors to say, ah, there are issues here. We were talking, we've been talking before um, about rent and wages and other high fixed costs in business. And you know that if the fixed costs are, are, are a very high proportion of your overall sales and, and your gross profit, then something's got to happen. Something's got to give. You might well want to keep your staff as long as you possibly can, but there might be a day when it's just un, you're unable to do so. The money's not there. The same with fixed costs. You know, your leases and that sort of thing. It's great to have these modern sort of leasing this and leasing that and it's all reducing taxation, but it's a fixed cost commitment. It's a contractual obligation. 
So if you've got high fixed costs, um, then, you know, you've got pressure on your cash flow. And as, if your sales go down, there's pressure on your cash flow. And, and, you know, most people don't even know they're break even. Incredible, isn't it? Most people in small business Australia do not know how much money they've got to get in from sales to pay for the product before they make a dollar. And your break-even analysis, even on product lines in your business, needs to, needs to be known, in my view. So I'm game. I guess I'm having a bit of a, if you like, <clears throat> broken record about this ability to understand financial information. You need to understand them if you're going to go into business uh, or if you're going to buy a business. Um, you need to be able to understand what that financial information is telling you uh, and the indicators is telling you where you've got to look for more information. Buying a business, going into business uh, is something that you probably should uh, be, may have to think about. And if you are going to think about it, then there are benefits of it, but there are things like risk, decision-making, financial capacity, time capacity, skills uh, that you need to be able to do it. So that's it for now. Um, next time, we'll also have a look a bit more in relation to buying a business and uh, what you should consider there. Before I go, if you want more information on Negotia Group, business sellers should head to our website, negotia.com.au. That's N-E-G-O-T-I-A dot com.au. If you're a business buyer, head to our website, sellingbusinesses.online. If you're looking for a business valuation, head for our website, businessvaluers.online. These sites we have built to help you in selling, buying and valuing businesses. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. This helps other people find us. It will also let you know when future episodes become available. My name is Graham Long and you can reach me on 0428 649791. That's 0428 649791 or you can email me at graham at negotia.com.au. This podcast has been recorded and produced at Brisbane Podcasting Centre. Thank you for listening. <laughs>